0: Hey, what's up, guys?? I love it.
1: Unfiltered as usual. Unbiased as always. As always. This is critical.
0: It's still the best. Do we want to just do like a count to four, count to three? And I'll um, figure it Let's out. let's do a
1: Three, okay. two, one. Ah. Uh. Okay, ready. Okay. Three. Okay. Two. Two. One. W- one
0: okay. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Okay. Three. Ah. Uh, this. Two. Okay.
1: One. Ah. Uh. Okay. There's a storm coming up and I gotta prepare myself Cause this feeling's getting stronger every day Something's creeping inside everything
0: if we just get that now, you can go there and they actually have a bunch of, uh, they have a bunch of avocados
1: and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's
0: incredible. Okay. Wow. Wow. We're on. David, this is exciting. I'm beyond the regular levels of excitement.
1: Nick, I can't tell you how ecstatic I am about today. I've been looking forward to this momentous occasion for a very long time.
0: This is the first episode of Critical,
1: the Critical Podcast. Here we are after all these years.
0: Yeah, we've been researching um, and preparing for this for a long time, and now we're finally we're finally ready to start. And um, and it's really been a, an exciting process and an exciting journey. And now we're here and we're able to bring the show to you. It's been uh, it's been a journey.
1: You and me have always been friends and uh, we've always been in the situation where we have a lot to give to people and we felt that podcasting would be the ideal way to do it. To get our voice out there to the masses, to express what we have to express and to help people too.
0: Yeah, I think we really can reach a lot of people with the medium. Um, there is a way to really broadcast uh, our voices and our opinions and um, the the name of the show is critical and it's not a coincidence that the show um, we feel has a really critical component to it that uh, is necessary I think.
1: It's necessary today because there's so many podcasts out there with people just uh, yammering on about whatever's going on in their mind without serious consideration to the subjects at hand and What we're trying to do with our uh, particular podcast is to cut through all that bullshit, all that mainstream nonsense, and give you the truth, give you the facts, and give you the well-researched research on uh, all manner of of subjects. Now, Critical is not a lot of crime podcasts out there. It's not just some stupid interview show. Uh, It's really difficult to describe because it's really about life. It's about the world. It's about everything that's going on and it includes guests it's going to include lots of people from all different industries uh, to get their voice and to bring their voice in there because the important point about all this about all these endeavors is that our voices matter and uh, we're trying to get our voices out there and ultimately ourselves out there uh, in the hollywood system so with with that said uh, i'd love to start talking about the episode but is there anything else uh, we should uh, clear up uh, before we jump into it nick yeah, I would just like to jump
0: on uh, what you were saying about the position that this show is in, and I think we are in at a, at a unique vantage point, and um, and it is a it is a springboard, I think, for other uh, outlets that we um, we may want to take this show. Right now, we're we're focused on the podcast, but it is it is the sky's the limit with this thing. It is something that you can kind of see um, really across the medium. And I just want to speak to what you said about uh, the kind of content that we're producing. This isn't um, this isn't some esp- Establishment media uh, pearl clutching. Uh, we really are uh, trying to bring you an unfiltered and unbiased look at um, a wide variety of topics, and we're not we're not beholden to anyone. Mm. Uh, we're not on the take. Uh, you know, we're really just out here in the trenches. Uh, we're trying to find out more ab- about things that we care about, things that we think that you care about. And not only that, we um, we, we also do want to hear from you. We are on Twitter at The Critical Pod. You can email us at thecriticalpod at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want this show to be a dialogue. You know, this is really a conversation that we're trying to have uh, with you, the listener, and we want your voice to be heard as well. This isn't just a conversation between David and I and um, or or our guests, which we will be having a really exciting uh, platter of guests. We're going
1: to have scientists. We're going to have actors. We're going to have performers. We're going to have entertainers. You name it. The whole spectrum of of human uh endeavors we're going to have we're going to have their voices represented on here as well as ours it's really important when you're listening to something like critical which is really unique in the podcast ecosystem that this is what it's like when all of that uh, infrastructure is pulled away by the mainstream media and you have just the raw unfiltered unbiased information coming straight out of our mouths and this is an unprecedented thing that's happened because of really technology and, and what we've been uh, achieving as a species. And at the same time, uh, you might be asking, you know, why why the name critical? Well, it is, I, I think you touched on this a little bit earlier, Nick, is that it is a it's, it's about subjects that are critical. Uh, it's a podcast that's critical because it's about those subjects. And because we're making this podcast at a critical juncture in history. Uh, I mean, we went through lots of different names and then trying to find out the one that would really fit uh, exactly what we were talking about. And That's right. We wanted, yeah, we wanted to really, you know, get down deep into these subjects and talk about them in a really uh, deep way and just, just cut out all the fat, all of the blathering that you hear in other podcasts, all the meandering stuff where people just talk and don't really know where the sentences are going to end. We wanted to really just cut all that out and give you the straight to the source, straight to the important information and so you're not listening to it wondering where when is the it, it, real stuff going to start. You know that every moment that you're listening is actually an interesting one and that is filled with information that you're going to want to listen to because it's right there and you know that that moment, that this moment right now is the most important thing that's ever happened and that ever will happen because this is the only moment that ever exists and so you're going to have this experience of knowing that this is a unique podcast and that the actual value level is not contained uh, let's say a lot of podcasts, you're listening to them and their value is contained maybe 10 minutes in, 15, 20 minutes in Critical is a very unique podcast in which actually every moment of the podcast is uh, of of enormous value, of equal value, and it's it's const it's constructed intentionally like that to continue to keep to maintain this high level of quality, this this consistent uh, level of density of information on a constant basis. So. I'm really excited about doing this, yeah, doing this new format, like just to to really change the form and to bring what we have as as two creators uh, to the media. That's right. So I'm very excited to be uh, kicking off this inaugural episode with you, Nick Thorburn, my good friend, and uh, to be uh, talking about all these subjects that we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited.
0: David, I could not be more excited to be sharing this uh, kind of historic moment with you. I couldn't imagine anyone else I'd rather be doing this with, I think. If, if anyone's going to be critical, uh, it's going to be you. And I'm honored to be at your side and at your service. And I think together we can really uh, open some things up. And I think that what's so exciting about the medium of podcasting is that it is so fresh. I mean, it is, uh, it, it is a young medium. And the, the, the exciting thing is that we are able to get straight to you from our mouths to your ears. And that is such an exciting proposition that I, I think 20 years ago, You just wouldn't find that. And I think, right. Yeah. And I think what's really cool is that this is the first episode. This is the debut episode of critical. And this is an episode that you could be listening to the very week that the episode dropped. You know, this could be something that you picked up on right away, or this could be something you're listening to 20 years into the future. That's transmitted to your brain in a way that we don't even understand the technology, you know, and that that to me is why podcasts are so special. And it really feels like these podcasts are all going to be around uh, for such a long time. And we want to be one of those podcasts that sticks around. And I really, think, David, that within a couple of episodes, you and I can really get to the top of the charts here. I think we can really, I think we're on to something and I think uh, you're about to find out. I, I know this is a little bit of preamble before we start, but I just really want to hammer home the kind of content that we are going to be bringing to you and make sure that you can understand why it's so special uh, and such an exciting time, I think, to be, to be making this kind of content.
1: That's absolutely right. You know, our dream is to get to number one on iTunes. That is our uh, stated goal for this podcast. And when we're, as we're just inaugurating this and getting it started that uh, you know we, we have a lot to learn but we also have a lot to bring and I think that a lot of people out there are listening to podcasts they've been listening to podcasts for a year, two years, whatever it is and they're dying for something new, they're dying for that new idea, whatever that is and as the sort of value contained within this podcast is consistent throughout, I think that in the podcast landscape it's another thing entirely in the podcast landscape this is a, a, a you know an oasis of uh, of, of, of just the most uh, delicious and nutritious uh, uh, water, but kind of like a soylent that's actually nourishing every part of you. And that's the only kind of form of media that you will need to consume. And uh, producing that, putting this together and you know, conceiving of an idea like this has taken a long time. And it's something that took a lot of research. And I couldn't be happier to be kicking this off Uh, with you, Nick, and uh, today, a very momentous occasion, Uh, and I'll be excited to watch as the episodes go on and as we continue to do this, how we climb the charts, uh, where we find ourselves eventually, uh, in the podcast landscape, uh, in the podosphere, and... I think it won't be very long before we'll find ourselves at the top of the charts. And when we do, uh, here's the important thing. When we do, we are not selling out to corporate interests because that's what's uh, really killing media today. And that's what we're hoping to circumvent uh, and what we will circumvent with uh, with what we do here on the critical pod, because nobody else is doing this. And, you know when I look out there, I see this, I see all the patterns, I see what's happening out there in the landscape. And I see an opening, I see a rest, I see, I see a big opening for what we're bringing here today, which is just absolutely just a concentrated thing. People don't have a lot of time on their hands. And when they do, I, I, you know, as a creator, you want to respect people's time. And when they're engaging with your work, you want them to uh, really, uh, you know, make sure that every Moment that they're uh, listening to you and experiencing what you're saying that that is a moment of value that they're they're receiving value uh, from that particular uh, moment and so from that perspective we're always trying to make something that has a uh, that's not really full uh, that's that people know what they're getting that it's high quality that it's consistent exactly it's almost like Uh, it's continuing the dialogue that's already going on in their heads. Wow. It's like what we're saying is already what's happening in in people's minds. And so it's important to find that particular thing. Uh, I think that knowing the kinds of uh, people we are and the kind of research we do, uh, this is going to appeal to uh, a wide variety of people. Uh, I'm thinking very young uh, to very old. And, you know, we, we don't approach this really from the point of view of demographics, but... Uh, we did a couple of tests with uh, doing this podcast and it, it was really amazing how people responded how well people responded from all sorts of demographics and I'd just like to say that if you are a listener, if you are uh, listening to the podcast um, why not recommend it to friends and I'm not just talking people that are just like you, I'm talking about different genders, uh, different age groups or uh, you know from all around the world and, he, and also um, and this this is jumping the gun a little bit but also you know people who speak different languages because right. uh, critical is a, a podcast that's about uh, universality, that's about uh, hitting these notes that are, are just powerful and universal and that appeal to everybody and yet are specific to the kind of person that you are, uh, dear listener, uh, as well. So hitting those notes, creating that, that concentrated, that, that 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 really direct sort of punch of information is, is what we're trying to do and, and to condense that down into a short thing because your day is short. You only have so many hours in the day Mm. where you're able to just put, put on some headphones. uh, You know, you're walking to the store, you're you're taking your kids to school and you can pop in the headphones and then just, just tune in and you're there and you're just listening and you, you get to know what you need to know. I couldn't
0: agree more, David. And I think what's really cool and is that, and I think we both recognize this, that we, we, we know that you're listening. This is a, like a, a Zen kind of poem, you know, if, if a tree, now, the podcast represents the tree in this. You know, if the tree were to fall in the forest and no one were to hear it, would it make a sound, you know, that classic Zen uh, poem? So I think really what we need you, we are we are dependent on you to listen, uh, first and foremost to listen. Uh, we'll get into some of the donation stuff later, but right now, uh, really listening is so crucial. And we really do feel, I, I want to second that what you said. I, I, we, we really do feel that um, the podcast uh, landscape it's a really exciting time but we really think that critical stands out. It it really we you can separate the wheat from the chaff here. We're not here uh with nothing to say. There's a lot of podcasts out there today that really just talk endlessly about absolutely nothing and they'll have interviews and guests and and there really isn't a lot of content to back it up and that's something that we think um that we're, we're trying to do differently. And we're really trying to set this up and lay the groundwork and really establish um, critical as a, as a place where you can come and and get content. You can get things uh, you can get data, you can get facts, you can get conversations, you can get interesting insight. Um, you can get critical reviews. That's something that we're really interested in bringing to you. So I think that's going to be a main focus for the show. And as the show goes on, you're going to see it evolve. You're going to see it develop. You're going to see um, certain themes emerge. You're going to see callbacks to earlier episodes. You know, this is a conversation not not only we're having with you, the listener, but we're having with each other and with our our past selves. Uh, We're going to be talking a lot about um, the future, the past and the present. So it's a really interesting time, I think, to be making this show.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There couldn't have been a better time to do this. Couldn't have been a better time to get into it and couldn't have been a better time to get the first episode of The Grand. So without um, further
0: ado, I think we should just
1: jump into it. Let's do it. OK, all right. A bit, I, yeah, I got to admit, I'm a little bit nervous here because this is such a momentous occasion. This is our but, first episode. Uh, first of uh, all, this okay, is cool. so
0: Welcome to Critical with your host, Nick and David.
1: David. David. It's Critical. It's critical.
0: All right. Well, it's, it it seems like the most fitting, I'll I'll just kick things off. It seems like the most fitting, uh, subject for our debut episode of critical, um, is to talk about almost, it's almost a self-reflexive, uh, meta subject. It is the subject is, uh, I won't, uh, beat around the bush any more than I have to. The subject of today's episode, the first episode of critical is none other than language. And of course we could not be, uh, making a podcast if we didn't speak a language. So we speak a language, we're speaking, currently we are speaking the English language. That's right. And so today we're going to be, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, everything language. We're going to be talking about, among other things, the origin of language, the top 10 languages in the world and where language could go. I mean, language is evolving. That's what's cool about language. It's evolved from old times to modern times. Um, You think of things like slang, you think of uh, cool words that you know uh, an old person wouldn't understand what this young kid is saying you know and it's still language that's still the english language or the french language uh david do you speak any other languages
1: um Actually, I don't, but I've been to different countries and I know that I've heard lots of different languages. And this is a really interesting subject for me because when I go to different places and I hear those languages, I kind of get an impression of what they are. And they sound sometimes a little bit like English, sometimes a little bit less like English. But in any case, I know that they're different and I'm always very interested in them. Uh, I wasn't particularly good good at languages, I wasn't particularly good at languages when I was in school. I didn't like doing them because it was a lot of, you know, it was was just hard. But at the end of the day, I really like the language that I have. And I'm really grateful that I have a language because, of course, I very well could have grown up without any language at all. And the fact that I do speak a language is a really important thing for me because without languages, we wouldn't have podcasts and you and I wouldn't be here. So it's possible to imagine a kind of state of human beings that never had a language, meaning they would never have a podcast, meaning their critical podcast wouldn't exists. So language is really fundamental to the existence of of the podcast and to to this event uh, happening right now. That's that we're actually broadcasting exactly uh, through the podcast medium right now. So language is super fundamental thing, really important thing for me. And again, there's so many different things to talk about with languages. And it's something that everybody can relate to. That's why I really like this subject is that anybody listening to this, if they can't speak a language, they can at the very least understand the language. And I hope out there that you're listening to this and this really gets your sort of wheels turning about what languages are and gives you some thoughts and and, and interesting feedback and interesting ideas about uh, what languages are and where they can go.
0: Yeah, I want to speak to that, too. I I also don't speak uh, any other languages. I really had a hard time. Uh, growing up, learning other languages. I found it quite difficult, but I, I really don't think you have to be fluent in any other languages to kind of understand sometimes what people are saying. I think that's the cool thing about languages. Yeah. They're all languages, I think, have commonalities, and I think you can basically fit, figure out what someone is saying, regardless of what language they're speaking. If you've been around them long enough, you can kind of figure it out, which is a cool thing. Yeah. And another thing you, I wanted to touch on that you brought up was um, not speaking any languages. There was a cartoon from the 60s, I believe, Called Casper, and that was a guy that couldn't speak uh, any languages, and it was a cool little cartoon. It was it was mostly fun, and he he actually was I think he was mute, but he couldn't speak uh, because his parents locked him away during his developmental years, and so it was an interesting cartoon to watch and see. Um, He was also a ghost, but the really cool thing was that not was the secondary thing was that he was a ghost, but the first thing was that he couldn't speak, and that was. It really it made for a fascinating cartoon but that's a whole other subject that we'll probably be touching on in future episodes
1: of yeah course. we're definitely going to be doing a ghost episode and a cartoons episode which will be great to and it's also a 60s episode so tune in for those uh, coming up later if not this season then in another one and if there are any other uh, ideas that you have uh, why don't you let us know just uh, write to us at the critical pod on twitter or uh, hit us up we're the critical pod on other things too so just check us out correct um but another, another thing you're, uh, that was interesting that uh, you said that made me think for a moment was about uh, understanding uh, other languages when you hear them. And just even though you don't really speak the language, you can kind of understand it. I've had this experience uh, in different countries where, for example, if I need something uh, quickly or if somebody's wrong, I notice that if I talk louder, if I simply just talk louder, people kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, if I just express myself in a really kind of over the top way, and sometimes I have to, you know, I have to really yell it out. Gesticulate. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm really like using my hands. Right. And which is sign language. Exactly. That's like body language. That's also part of it. That's sign language. And I'm not even trained in sign language. But I notice that even though I can be in China or in France or anywhere, and if somebody, if I'm eating the food and I don't like the food or something's wrong, I'll know that if I'm like. No. And I'm really making that gesture that right. uh, the person knows to fix the situation. And so uh, that's something that's very useful uh, because languages are ultimately universal. Uh, well, English is ultimately the universal language. And um, I feel really lucky that everywhere I travel that I'm able to speak the language and just to know that it almost translates to other languages if you if you just um, combine it with some, some gestures and you talk uh, a little bit louder and you make it, really clear with your uh face what you're trying like if you just look at the person and you think really hard about what you're trying to communicate that's right yeah in english yeah then they'll probably understand you so really interesting effect of universal language there
0: yes the lingua franca they call it uh english language and um and it is a and it is something that we are very grateful that uh like you said anywhere we go in the world um people will understand us it's a really cool thing about the English language um, so why don't this is a good jumping off point why don't we jump into uh, all of the languages Yeah. Uh, this is a, b- a pretty broad subject but That's why true. don't we talk about the top 10 Ten languages in the world because there are more than ten. Yeah, but there are there are a top ten, and everyone loves lists. Everyone loves top ten lists. So that's right. Um, I th- I think this is a great jumping off point for the episode. I think we can jump right into the episode of languages on critical. So here we go. Critical,
1: critical, critical. I love it. it's awesome. Unfiltered as usual. Unbiased as always. This is critical. <laughs> Not awesome. It's still the best.
0: So we have <clears throat> research laid out in front of us, so let's just jump right into it. David, why don't you kick things up?
1: Okay, so the number one language out there in the world is Chinese. now Chinese is a very big language. Chinese is, of course, the language that they speak in China. And Chinese is a language that it's definitely a China's in Asia. So it's an Asian language. Now, Asian languages are very, very foreign. They're very different. And when you're speaking them, you have to make sure that you're really using a lot of body language because otherwise people never understand you. Chinese is really... Uh, looking at the data, uh, it's a language that's definitely hard to d- – it's difficult to learn. It's difficult to learn because they don't actually um, use the same letters that, is, that we use in English. Right. They don't have an alphabet, right? That's right. Yeah, they don't have an alphabet. They actually have, like, drawings. They do these drawings. Mm. And they uh, the other person – it's like when you're a kid and you're trying to do a drawing of your, you know, something. The, the idea is that you show somebody a drawing and then the person has to guess what you mean by the – drawing so it's memorization i guess so
0: like a drawing represents a fish or something and then you remember that drawing of that what it doesn't look like a fish to you or i would look like a fish to them because they see it as a picture and it's it says fish
1: exactly well the fish are also different in china so that's why it's difficult for us to understand Hmm. like they might draw a fish and to us it might look like a car right so so if you're not living in china it makes no sense to Um, Try and learn Chinese. Uh, But if you are living there, then you you should learn it. Now,
0: we should say that people uh, of Chinese origin um, live all over the world and continue. They might speak the language of the country that they're they're in, and they might also speak their native tongue. And so that is known, of course, as bilingual. So if you are a person who speaks more than one language, you become known as bilingual or trilingual, um, quadlingual. You can keep going up the ladder um, the more languages you speak. I believe the pope speaks nine languages, which is pretty impressive.
1: Wow. That's a lot of languages. You know, if you have that many languages, Uh, How do you even know what to speak all the time? Uh, It seems like kind of complicated. I know that when words are coming out of my mouth that I'm speaking exactly what I want to say. And uh, words are often coming out of my mouth and they are exiting. And each word that exits is coming out in the same language. And it it makes the process of speaking uh, nice because the words... Uh, Will always make sense as long as they keep coming out and as long as there's more words that uh, come out that will make sense of what was previously said. Okay, yeah. uh, For me, having one language is a very beneficial thing i think if you have two languages you're going to get really confused with what language to use because you might look at something that's going on and then not know oh like say you're you call up it's an emergency because you see a car accident and you call uh, how do you even know what language to speak when you call the cops so if you speak more than one language you're probably always going to just want to speak english because that's the easiest one
0: Right. I mean, it's the one that they say is the easiest and quickest to learn. Um, It is clearly one of the most widely spoken languages. Um, And a a thing I also wonder, too, is if you speak more than one language, what language do you dream in? Uh, If any of our listeners um, speak more than one language, let us know. Uh, Tweet at us at The Critical Pod and let us know or email us at The Critical Pod at Gmail and let us know um, what language do you dream in and what language do you speak in your day-to-day life. It could be an interesting thing where you speak one language and then maybe into your internal voice, maybe speaks another language. That's a cool thing. Um, I also want to talk quickly about, uh, something that I'm really sad about, which is oh. that we don't have uh, a common language that we can all use. Now in the fifties, I believe they tried to m- make this happen. It was called Esperanto. Oh yeah. It was a language that someone created a really brilliant I'd like to know who that is. We'll, we'll probably check that out for a, a later episode. But this person created a language that the whole world could speak, a common language, a world language. Um, and it didn't take and it's kind of too bad. But, you know, the fact is English sort of took the place of that. And so what's good about that is that you and I both speak, um, this common language, this world language. So that's cool.
1: Well, English is the universal language, but we're not talking about that just, just yet. Uh, next up we have Spanish, Espanol, which is actually the Spanish word for Spanish. Uh, Spanish is a very widely spoken language. Spanish is spoken all around the world. And we live in Los Angeles and we hear a lot of Spanish. Actually, Spanish is the dominant language in LA, I believe. Is that right?
0: Uh, I believe it is one of the dominant, I think, um, Los Angeles has a bilingual state, so I don't know that for a fact, but I've seen billboards, um, that sometimes have Spanish and sometimes have English. So I can just only assume that there are two main languages. Uh, the world's population of Spanish language speakers is 399 million. That is, um, just over 20% of the Earth's population speaks Spanish, which is a pretty cool fact. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people actually learn Spanish. And they're if they're in school, they might have English, and then they're going to learn Spanish. And people learn Spanish, and then they're also, sometimes people grow up in a Spanish-speaking country, and then they learn it that way. And you know what's interesting about Spanish is that there's different accents to it. So somebody who speaks Spanish in one place won't necessarily necessarily be the speak the exact same kind of spanish as somebody speaking it who grew up speaking it in another place right even though a lot of people speak spanish because of these different accents it's not really a useful universal language in my opinion because it has all these different variations to it and maybe one person listens to another person they don't know what they're saying so really good to know that spanish is a very interesting language. Uh, It's widely spoken. It's got a lot of people that speak it, but it's different. It's different when it's uh, out there in the world. Did you have anything else uh, about Spanish, Nick, that uh, you wanted to go over?
0: No, I I, I think this maybe will dovetail into a future episode, but I really like Mexican food where they speak Spanish. Um, I really am a big fan of tacos and burritos and that kind of thing. So I know that's a little bit off topic, but that's kind of just what I think of when you were just talking about Um, Spanish. I was thinking even of like a Spanish tortilla or something. And that comes from Spain.
1: Yeah. Oh, when I hear tacos, I just get hungry because I love tacos. you know what the best tacos are from a taco truck? Because when I'm walking around partying or going to the club and I'm you know, or I'm just even out on a date, maybe, or, or hanging out with friends. Uh, I want to hit that taco truck and have some nice tacos because it's it's really sometimes nice to step away from your you know familiar food and try something more exotic. So I'm also a big taco fan. Yeah,
0: and, D- and David and I, for the listeners that don't know, we both um are based in Los Angeles, California. That's a big taco town. Um, I think tacos were invented here. Uh, They definitely were perfected here in my humble opinion. I've seen a lot of places in other parts of the country of the United States that just don't really understand how to make a taco and LA really understands and and like you said uh, you go to a a taco truck after hitting the clubs and you can really find uh, some incredible tacos and what's also cool about tacos is that they're cheap they're affordable that's right when David and I were doing a lot of prep for the show before we were able to launch that was a staple for us was going out hitting the trucks and uh, ordering up a delicious taco or two and something that's real cheap and real um, easy and quick and so you can eat it with your hands, real like standing up and stuff, so we could eat a taco, get back to work, and uh, and and really without having to break the bank, which was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: it's good to have that. Um, okay, so uh, what do we got next, Nick?
0: Next up is my favorite, and I'm gonna probably guess it's yours too. Oh, and that is. English language.
1: Whoa, English language.
0: Of course, we are speaking English. Now, neither David nor I come from England, which is where the English language originates from. Right. But we are speaking the language that I guess was invented in England or also known as Great Britain.
1: Also known as UK.
0: Right. It has a bunch of different names, um, which I never understood quite why... Uh, they had a bunch of different names.
1: I think it's because it's the place where the English language comes from so it's going to have the most amount of words. So they're going to have more words for anything and English has more words for anything than anything else so there's got to be more words for England as there has to be for other places too. So that's the interesting thing about the English language is that it has so many words to it. So you can describe things in one way and then in a different way in a completely different way but you can mean the same thing. But you can also say the same thing and have it mean different things as well. So it's a really interesting language because it has it all. Uh, It has the grammar, it has the words, uh, it has the accents, and it has that special something that lets you communicate uh, thoughts and that lets you as a person just, you know, even, you know, you're you're in your head and I'm in my head. But it allows us to kind of experience what's going on in each other's heads because uh, and, and that's why English is so great. It's so
0: cool. And and David, you and I are two of just 360 million Um, native English speakers. So we're merely two of those uh, 360 million who who speak it um, as their native tongue. Um, There are also, in addition to that, half a billion more people who speak it as a second language. We were talking earlier about speaking more than one language, which makes you bilingual. There are half a billion people in the world who are bilingual. And that's a really cool uh, fact. Um, They speak their their own language, their native language, and they also speak English. So that's a lot of people that is, I believe 30% of the earth. Yeah. So this is a cool, this is a cool fact about English and it really is, can be picked up quite easily. Um, it's, uh, compared to a language like say Chinese, which is very difficult. Um, so it's a cool thing and it's the lingua franca, as I mentioned earlier before business travel and international relations all require English. Um, And you you might be dealing with someone from Norway and someone from Portugal, and they don't speak each other's language. Uh, A Portuguese person might not speak Norwegian and a Norwegian might not speak Portuguese, but they will do their business in English, which is a pretty cool fact.
1: Well, I've known that in my life that being able to speak English has only led to uh, better and better things, to better quality of life, to better opportunities, to innovation to creativity to podcasting and to what we're doing right now uh if i wasn't speaking english i didn't know if any of this would be possible of course i'm I'm in lots of situations where i need to use english and i think uh you are too nick and you know if you're navigating life and you're looking at signs and you're reading stuff you're going to need a lot of english and The good thing about growing up where we grew up is that there's English around and you can read it and then you can get better at English. And life is really a constant process of uh, reading more English stuff. And there's the good thing about English also, I want to just touch in on this too, because it's not only uh, what you're saying and what you're reading, it's also the movies, it's the music, it's the games. It's the everything else out there. Think about all the books that are in English, for example. Uh, You have William Shakespeare. You have, you know... um uh, lots of different writers out there that are writing books, and they're able to write lots and lots of different things because English is so versatile. Because you can use it to describe uh, any kind of uh, story in the world,
0: right? And think about a song like like the "Dear Jude" by the Beatles or wind, uh, "Blown in the Wind" by Bob Dylan. These are songs that you really couldn't imagine anyone singing those in another language. And that's what's so cool about this language is that it really is a cultural, a culturally dominant um, language. And I think you you mentioned Shakespeare. The Beatles. I think these are examples of um, songs and and words that really are used to great effect, and I think in in, uh, aided by such a a powerful uh, language, Uh, it really is a a language that I think will continue to dominate for many years to come, long after we are gone. And I really hope too that this podcast um, outlives both of us. I think that this podcast could continue to live on and hopefully dominate the podcast stage,
1: right? Because, well. I, when I look out there and I see the other podcasts, it, to me, it's it's there's no competition because other people out there, they don't seem to be talking about anything specific. They just seem to be rattling on about some random subject that nobody really cares about or that isn't useful in people's day-to-day life. And in my experience, you know, the, the kind of uh, discussions that we're having, like we're having right now, but languages are... It's totally different. They really are a firebrand. They're maverick conversations. And they're fearless, too, because we're not afraid to speak the truth. And that's something that you're not going to get from corporate media. But I want to just jump back in because we have actually... Seven more languages to talk about, and they're all uh, really interesting. And you know, there's some going to be some facts coming up that I think are really going to surprise people that they never uh, knew were possible. So that's right. Uh, why don't you tee up the next one, Nick? Sure. Up
0: next is um, a really cool one, and it is Hindi. Hindi comes from the country of India. Uh, India is in Asia. So this is like you were talking about earlier, an Asian uh, country, and an, it's an Asian language. So Hindi is also uh, has like a pictorial kind of quality too, it, but it's much different than you'd see uh, in Chinese. It's a, it's a different kind of the, the it's almost like a script, you know, instead of um, instead of like uh, drawings, it feels like, it feels like, Basically, when I look at it, I see, I don't understand it. So I look at scribbles, but really beautiful scribbles. I see really interesting, almost drawings. Like They're very abstract. You see this uh, commonly um, at a yoga studio, or um, you see it in other places too.
1: Indian food restaurant?
0: I got to say, Indian food is probably my favorite kind of food. I, I, I go nuts for the stuff. You get me like, a uh, that bread, you know, and, um, some of the rice and then the curries. I just, I eat it with, um, with, uh, I don't even use a fork. I use just the bread to like kind of sop up the food. So that's, Oh,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. It's really different. And it's a very foreign one and we, we should do another episode on food. Oh, I mean, definitely. But, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on is that this actual Hindi is actually not that difficult to read because if you look at it, Uh, What the squiggles are doing is they're actually drawing little uh, faces, uh, their little facial expressions. And what you have to do is to look at these squiggles and then make out the faces. And from what I'm looking at now, uh, the basic one is like you have a kind of a guy on the left. It's kind of a a lobster face and on the right is more like a Super Mario and what, so from these fundamentally these sort of really basic shapes drawing faces, they're able to, uh, they're showing an animation of people talking and communicating. And so that's what Hindi is. And uh, India actually has. Twenty three official languages Wow! with uh, Hindi is, is just so? one of them. Yeah. No yeah. Kidding. It's a lot of a lot of different languages, different dialects. And, you know, all of those languages are out there kind of fighting for competition, for dominance. And that's why, you know, it, it, to be honest with you, English is really not on the court there because it's it's just already kind of won.
0: Um, what's really cool too is, and speaking of English and, and Hindi, um, there's actually, this is a fun fact. I don't know if you knew this, David, but some of the words that we use actually come from Hindi. So, oh really? Yes. So shampoo is an example. Oh, that is, that is not an English word, um, by origin. It's actually Hindi. So that's a cool thing. And we use shampoo, Uh, You know, some of us use it every day. And I think that's something you use every day. And you don't even realize that it's not it's not an English word by origin. And that's what's so cool about languages. There are there are these intersections uh, between other languages. And I think that's why uh, you can go anywhere in the world and speak English and people understand you because English kind of has a way of. Grabbing up all the other languages, all the good words that we want to use, and and so it's a really a way, easy way to say like shampoo.
1: Yeah, if you're in India and you need shampoo, exactly. Yeah, you're good. If you're gonna need shampoo, you're gonna you, be safe in India because you know what? It's, it's the same word. Yeah.
0: If you're in a bungalow, oh, in the jung in the jungle,
1: yeah, in
0: wear wearing jodhpurs. yeah, looking for shampoo, yeah. Guess what? Guess what? Those are all Hindi words. Oh my God! If you're in India in a jungle. In a bungalow, in your jod purse, and you're looking for shampoo. I got news for you. You are pretty much uh, there's a lot of Hindi going on there. So
1: you're you're going to be fully understood if you say those words: shampoo, jungle, bungalow, and jod purse. And that's really nice to know that you know that we have this this commonality that we were able to share uh, the universal language with uh, the people of India. So I'm really happy about that, and uh, yeah. it's good to know that that we have, yeah. other words that we can use uh, around the world. Uh,
0: David, what do we got next
1: on the list? Next up is Arabic. Now, recent numbers say that Arabic has 250 million native speakers. But, you know, Arabic uh, is has lots of different dialects, too. So it's kind of grouped up as one. But lots of Arabic is kind of written in the same way and it's spoken sometimes differently and people speak um, this in the Middle East in places like um, Saudi Arabia and uh, other other countries in the Middle East and they use it for speaking to each other for in the marketplace Arabic is a very popular language it's used all, all over the place and uh, people definitely like to talk in uh, Arabic
0: Yeah, this was a cool one. I, I of course, don't speak or understand um, the language, but I do see that it's in a lot of different countries, Um, like you said, uh, primarily in the Middle East. I think it goes back a long way. I think it's one of the older languages. I think um, I was doing a little bit of research on this. Sanskrit is the oldest languages. But another language is called, um, well, I don't actually know, actually. Okay. But Arabic is, is, Sanskrit is not really, it's an ancient language. It's fallen out of common usage. Arabic, and that's f- around the, I- India, um, but Arabic is 242 million speak Arabic, which is a really a lot of people.
1: That's a lot of people. And Arabic, a lot of people were exposed to Arabic probably from... Things like uh, Aladdin, because I remember that from my childhood, if you remember that movie. And that was my first exposure to it. And so that's Arabic. Uh, Should we talk about the next one?
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about this next one?
1: The next one is Portuguese. Portuguese, which actually the Portuguese say Portuguese. And Portuguese is a very old language as well. And it's a very popular one, too. Obviously, number six on the list here. Portuguese is a language that's used in Portugal, obviously. Hmm. And uh, it's a it's a country that's actually inside of Spain. They have a very popular language because uh, Portugal went around and taught their language to other people. And that's why it's so popular. And so it has lots of different people that speak it. And so it seems it seems OK. I would all over the world. Yeah. All over the world is people that speaking uh, Portugal, uh, Portuguese. And so it's got two hundred and fifteen million native speakers uh, and places like Brazil. Goa, Angola, Mozambique, Cape Verde, and other places. So if you're speaking, if you're living in like a village or yeah, that's in a uh, Portuguese-speaking place, it's okay to speak Portuguese all the time, and that's probably going to be your only language. Uh, it's, it's not a universal language, but you can travel to some cool, pretty cool places with it. So um, I, I like Portuguese, but I'm, I wouldn't want to learn it. It seems too different.
0: Yeah, it, to me, it's, it seems like it's very similar to Spanish, but it also sounds a little different. It sounds almost Russian to me too. when I hear it. Um, Portuguese is a cool one. And I really love that the name of the country is in the language. You don't see that that often. So it's kind of cool to see. Uh, it, I was doing a little bit of research on, on this one and I, oh yeah, I believe it was in the 15th century, um, that Portuguese, uh, People started to travel the world, and like you said, spread their language and their culture a little bit. Just get get the culture spread out around the world, and kind of spread the the, the Portuguese um, ways, I suppose. Um, so that's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, next up, we got a cool one. This one I really cool. Don't know too much about. Um, I think of uh, an, an. I think of a particular animal. I'll I not give it away just yet. But when I think of this, I think of Bengali. Bengali. Um, I don't think any of us really know much about this one. I, I'm not t- too familiar with this. I actually didn't have time to research this one. Uh, I think maybe. I'm. I, I was hoping maybe you did, but um, Bengali. It is the seventh most common language in the world, and it's really spoken. Almost entirely in India. What what did you make of this one, David?
1: Um, Bengali is uh, definitely a uh, it's spoken by a lot of people, but as far as I uh, understand it, it's only spoken in uh, certain areas of the world. So not everywhere. So if you're, for example, if you get the instruction booklet of if you're assembling something, or maybe the instruction booklet on, on the you know with with a, something you buy on Amazon. Um, you're it's not going to have Bengali in it probably because it's not that popular but actually for some people it is really popular it sounds like uh, it's you know Ben and Gali it sounds like maybe that's a person but it's not it's actually a language and also I think it's one of the only languages that starts with a B so that's interesting
0: oh that's I didn't realize that that is a really interesting fact
1: all right. Well, what do we got next, David? Next up, we got Russian. Russian is a very popular language in uh, Russia, and Russian is spoken all over the place, uh, but mainly Russia, and it's it's got 170 million native speakers uh, as of 2010. Now, it's, yeah, it's the eighth most popular language, eighth on the list here. That's Russian. Wow. And Russian is an important language if you are living in Russia, you're doing business in Russia, you're born in Russia, uh, you want to play sports in Russia, you want to have a job in Russia, um, just generally have a, an existence that's somehow associated with Russia, and that's Russian. Now, the interesting thing about Russian is that they write it almost the same way as we write as the normal way, but they change some stuff around, like they put stuff, they write it kind of like in a mirror to make it kind of secret. And I think that's because. People often know that p- uh, very often spies speak Russian, so that's why they kind of tend to write some stuff in a kind of confusing way, in a way that would be confusing for a normal person to understand. So, lots of uh, writers in Russian, of course, uh, lots of uh, po- very popular writers used it, and uh, they wrote it down in their secret, uh, in that, in this, in the way that Russian is written. It's it's a it's a language also that begins with the uh, letter R. And that's it's unique for for that, too. So, yeah, Russian is an interesting one. I want to just
0: quickly jump back earlier. I was trying to find out what the oldest language is in my research and I couldn't find the right page, but I actually just found it. I'd written it down here earlier. Um, The first language in the world dates back to the third century B.C. And that is a language that was called Volskian. Oh, yeah. That's third century BC. So that's in the first millennium before Christ. BC stands for before Christ. So that's before Christ was born. So that's a old, that's an old language. And obviously I don't think this is, you're going to find that one on this list. So this is the top 10 um, most spoken languages in the world today. So we're not going to find... Volskian or uh, Sanskrit, but we are going to find languages that probably relate to those languages. Maybe those languages evolved. We were talking earlier about how language evolves, and language is something that constantly changes. Every year, you see new words coming into um, the lexicon, and so it it's something that's always going to be changing. And who knows? Maybe in a hundred years, Russian won't look so strange to us after all. Maybe the letters will uh, make a little more sense, and that's something that we can kind of you know look forward to.
1: Absolutely, I think. Technology improves, uh, other people are going to understand English much better, and that's definitely going to make it uh, the world a better place because they'll be able to not be so confused, you know, when we we travel. So, that's a really good thing to look forward to. Another thing about Russian is that it's I actually, I forgot what I was going to say, but uh, we should, um, let's uh, move on. I want to talk about number nine, which is the next one on the list, which is Japanese. Now, Japanese, of course, lots of people will have heard Japanese if they're watching anime, if they're reading uh, manga, or if they're listening to J-pop music. What is that? Uh, It's a music, J-pop stands for Japan pop. And uh, oh, wow. and other people might not know that anime is actually short for animation, but it's talking about Japan animation. And lots of people might not know that uh, manga is actually the Japanese word for comic books. But the interesting thing about Japanese is that the writing system is totally different from the normal writing system. They describe everything through pictures of uh, boxes, and they just draw uh, boxes and lines, and then they get uh, out of that, they make a language. And that's I think that's because that it's very kind of built into the Japanese kind of psyche that uh, they like stacking things and they like things to be organized. And they make a language out of kind of different organizational patterns that enable them to talk about and uh, describe the world. So, Japanese writing is really interesting for that, but, of course, takes a really long time to write anything down. You can only write them if you have a very, very thin marker. I will say it's kind of cool because when you look at it, it just really looks like a kind of alien language, and that's really interesting. It's just definitely a, a very, very different from English. So. Uh, I thought this is a really interesting language.
0: It is really interesting how some of some of the images in the language, the written language, look so much like drawings. Uh, like you said, like manga or anime, and I wonder if that's why anime and manga are such a big part of Japanese culture is because the language that people speak is drawing-based. You know, does do you think right. that has anything to do with
1: it? Yeah, definitely. I think that people like exchanging drawings, and that's the originally before, probably before they were talking, they were just trading uh, kind of their drawings of stuff, and then they finally that turned into uh, they needed to make a sound because some people obviously were blind and they couldn't see the drawing. That's sort of like how it came to be. So Japanese is a really interesting language and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, we're almost at the very end of the list now as we get through this. And do you want to uh, just uh, bookend this, Nick? Tell us what's on the tail end of the uh, list here.
0: Yeah. Why don't we jump into this last one? I also just want to add, you know, you were talking about the drawings and stuff and, and how the people who needed language, uh, the, which is, I think, just how language came about in general. I think that's kind of how it started with cavemen. Um, drawing on walls before they learned to speak, yeah. you know, they, yeah, they, this is how they communicated was, was, and that really predates English by the hundreds of thousands of years, I think. So yeah. you can see the evolution of like drawing Buffalo or like a spear or something. And then you see like, well, we're not by a cave. We don't know how to communicate. I need to communicate. There's a Buffalo uh, just over the hill. Um, and there's no cave anywhere to, to explain this to you. So I'm going to have to grunt or growl and start to form words. And it's really cool that language, evolved out of that. I guess all all languages when they, when they're verbalized, um, can do that. And that's really interesting. And it's really interesting to see how some languages seem to stick closer to, uh, almost cave drawing. So that's really cool. Um, English, uh, of course, doesn't seem to be very drawing based. It's very alphabet based. So that's another interesting thing. Um, but let's get to the last one on the list. Um, yeah, I got to say, I'm also surprised not to see German, uh, or French on this list, but you know, there are a lot of languages in this world and I guess Germany and France, uh, just don't have quite the same, um, cultural pull that this, that this last one does not which is Punjabi. Um, this is mostly spoken in India and Pakistan. Uh, what do you make of this one, David?
1: Punjabi. I love it because it's a really fun name and it's actually got a lot of speakers to it and people, uh, this is a definitely a popular language in India again and India has so many different languages and Punjabi is one of them and it has a writing system that's very different again it's it's quite squiggly but if you really try and like look at it and really concentrate and normally the first word that comes into your head is probably the correct uh, thing uh, it's it's a very different language uh, another interesting thing about this is that it's also called landa or maybe maybe Landa is another language but um, Punjabi is a really popular language. Uh, people use it in their homes, they use it in their businesses, they use it with their families, and people love using the language. And I actually, I gotta admit, i have never heard anybody talk uh, a Punjabi but in Punjabi, but I would definitely be up for doing that someday because it sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah. I I think a fact I heard while researching this is that Punjabi songs account for 50% of uh, chart topping songs in, um, those native countries where they're spoken in India and Pakistan. So that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a really like culturally, like we talked about English and how songs like by the Beatles or by the Rolling Stones, um, how, pervasive they are in, in in the English language and how that culture, um, it ties in to the, to the songs. Um, I guess in India and Pakistan, um, they have a similar thing with Punjabi songs accounting for 50% of those hits. So that's kind of a cool thing. And I guess we just, because we are so far away from there, uh, we don't really understand that, but, um, I think we can start to learn. I think what's so cool about this show is that we're really bridging kind of bridging gaps. Um, if any listeners out there speak any of these 10 languages, we'd love to hear from you and let us know if we missed anything, you know, I think we covered most everything. I will add a fact, um, that I learned while researching, Almost half of the world's population claim one of only 10 languages as their mother tongue. So really, one of these one of these 10 languages, half the world we're covering here. So there's a whole other half though, that speak another, bunch of languages. So I think that's really interesting, too.
1: Well, that's also something that shows the breadth of what's left for us to do here as the Critical Podcast hosts. There are simply so many episodes that we have to do to get through uh, in describing our world and and in giving the the, the real uh, information about all these subjects so that people have that information and that they can incorporate that into their lives in this audio form. Uh, which again, it's a language based form. So lots of more episodes to come. And you're right. I mean, there's so much to learn uh, about these other languages, and that there are so many languages out there. I certainly learned a lot by recording this episode and by researching all of these subjects and figuring out, you know, what all of these things were about. Yeah, I just want to say to anybody out there, if you do speak a different language, why don't you record saying I love critical, or I love the critical podcast? How about I love critical in your language. We would love to hear that and we would definitely use it on the show if we like it. Just a, just a fun thing that might be good to show that we're reaching out there to other Uh, people to people of different languages. Uh, We love doing that kind of stuff.
0: We really think podcasts can be the lingua franca of podcasts. We really think that it can be the common podcast that everyone uh, can listen to. There's something I think in this show for everybody. There's no limits to what we can and will discuss. And we really think that with the breadth of our knowledge and our research, um, we're we're not only going to tackle cool subjects that maybe no one else has the guts to do, but we're going to do it in a really in-depth way. Um, We're going to take our time and we're going to do our research and I think that's something that a lot of these bigger podcasts these mainstream shows um, they don't do this kind of stuff they don't do the kind of research they don't do these kind of shows because frankly they're too expensive to make you know this is a costly show when you factor in the research our research team um, the producers behind the show uh, you got David and I like this is our full-time job now this is something that we're spending all of our time on this isn't something that is cheap to do and I think it's really important uh, that if you are listening and if you are getting something out of this which We hope to heck that you are, uh, that you really consider supporting the show, Uh, David. Do you think about getting a coffee? Uh, Where do you you like to get a a coffee in the morning?
1: Well, you know, coffee is the number one thing for me. I I consider myself a bit of a coffee expert, and I love all kinds of coffee. But I'm also aware that I I very easily can spend six, seven, eight dollars on a cup of coffee. And you know, I was just doing the numbers, and I realized that if only like. 50% of people gave us five bucks uh, and we had a thousand listeners, we would have a lot of money to do the episode and it would definitely enable us to keep doing it and to keep improving it Uh, because yes uh, this is taking time uh, and it's taking effort and it's a lot of equipment too and podcasts are a lot of work but we want to keep this independent that's a real priority for us ad free make this the best experience that you can have uh, in the podcast and I would be very very happy to have my coffee uh, to be able to do podcasts all the time and to not have to worry about money so if you're out there and you're like me you're dropping to six seven eight dollars on a cup of coffee or even two or three or four or five dollars on a cup of coffee just think about chipping a couple checkles our way so we can keep the podcast going so we can keep this boat on the road and we can keep flying and just keep going along with what we're doing because this is ultimately something that uh, we do for the love and we don't do it for the money but you know we got to keep the lights on uh we got to keep the bills paid so you know anything that you can manage to chip in is a really big help and just you know before we close it out i just want to remind people that uh, we won't keep reminding you about this kind of thing. You know, we want to give you the podcast information that you need. That's right. And uh, we, we, you know, we don't want to be constantly talking about donations or any of that stuff. We want to just get to the meat or uh, the heart of the conversation all the time.
0: I, yeah. I want to second that in future episodes. You know, we, this is the first episode the debut episode. So we really had to set up a lot of the world. You know, it's like a, it's like a, the first uh, episode of a great TV show. You got to explain who the characters are. You got to explain the backstory. You got to like, set up the world and then you can just go right into it. So I think from now on we're actually going to be diving right into the show and getting right into the good stuff Uh, but for now, you know, we just wanted to get all this stuff out of the way on this debut episode so that we could, in future episodes, when we got some really exciting guests, we don't want to waste too much of their time. We don't want to waste your time. Uh, We want to say our piece and then get on with the show and I think that's what we're really going to try to do uh, in future episodes. I think it really is true what you were saying about coffee. I mean, I'm not much of a coffee guy. I don't really, I like my coffee uh, black with a bit of milk in it. But that's really as as crazy as I get. I, I don't do the mocha kind of frappy thing. But I do realize that coffee is something that everyone buys. It's, some, it's a daily thing. Everyone's gotta have their cup of joe in the morning to kickstart the day and to fire those neurons. And I think it's something that we also need to get our brains working to get working on the show and to get the research going for the show. So every amount that you can give helps. Uh, You give a dollar, you give two dollars, you give three, four, five, ten. You know, you can hit us up on Venmo at Nick Thorburn and David is
1: at David O'Reilly. And as as well as that, I just want to let people know that we also have a Patreon page for the Uh, podcast and the Patreon page is patreon.com slash thecriticalpod Uh, we're up there accepting your donations really appreciate uh, anything you can give is going to uh, really help us and help keep uh, the show on the road Uh, but yes you can donate to us individually Um, how about this if you you really like uh, me uh, why don't you uh, uh, put some money in my uh, Venmo and uh, if you like Nick, uh, why don't you put some money in his Venmo? So, and right, if you like us both, why don't you donate to the Patreon?
0: Well, I just want to say that, yeah, if, if you start to kind of pick your favorite. It kind of it kind of helps us uh, keep us on our toes and keeps us competitive and keeps us working uh, hard. I, d- I don't want to rest on my laurels here. I don't think it, either of us are here to rest on our laurels. We're here to do the work and put in the work. And I think seeing the results of that effort with your donations really keeps us working and keeps us, keeps us on our toes. So I think that's a really cool idea. We also do have the Patreon page, patreon.com, as you said, uh, the Critical Pod. Uh, We're going to be doing some really cool stuff. We got a bunch of exciting things planned, some bonus episodes, some little uh, outtakes and little um, just aside stuff we couldn't fit into the regular episode. We really try to keep it condensed on the main show. We want this show. This is the the critical is the main artery. You know, we really want to keep the show concise, condensed and just get to the good stuff. And then all the other extras, if you want to hear us just kind of. Chit chat a little bit more. You can check that out on the Patreon. We'll be having a lot more casual conversation. We'll be talking about the show and ways to improve the show. But for now, critical—the main show that you hopefully will subscribe to on iTunes—is going to be focused on the subjects at hand. And today's obviously was language, and we really thought that we covered a wide. I mean, we we talked we talked about about them all about all the main languages, and I think that takes a little bit of prep and a bit of research and stuff. So again, any any amount helps. Uh, you can always find us on twitter at the critical pod you can email us at the critical pod at gmail and let us know how we're doing and what subjects you want to see us cover in the future we're going to be reviewing a wide variety of of Subjects and and there's there's really no limit to what we're going to be able to do.
1: Absolutely, I'm really excited by future episodes. I'm excited to sit back in the studio with you, Nick, and to just really jump into it and to, to unpack uh, everything that there is to unpack uh, as we go through the season. And um, you know, uh, this is something that we we take seriously. This is something that we really uh, put our, our our heart and soul into. So um, that's it, right. It, it, it's it's just a real honor for me to do this and to be here uh, with you. And uh,
0: it's an absolute honor for me. be doing this with you.
1: Also to extend that to you, the listener, you out there processing this, if you're still listening to the podcast, uh, we really appreciate it. That makes all the difference. The fact that you're still hanging on, we have lots more of this for you. So hang in there and it's going to be so much fun.
0: It's going to be so much fun, yeah. and and thank you for hanging in there. And, and if you are still hanging on, keep hanging on. Keep on hanging on. We're going to try to build a community around this, I think, with the listener. Uh, we're going to come up with a cool, fun name, I think, that we can kind of refer to you by so you feel like you're a part of the family. I think Critical should really be a family. It should really be a place where we can all come, talk, listen, discuss, and uh, it really is a dialogue. We're not doing... Advertising—we're really adamant about that. That's something that we feel like you start to get bogged down with advertising. You're biased. You're you're motivated by certain economic interests, and that's something that's so cool about Critical that we want to do here is that we won't do ads. We refuse. And what we're gonna do instead is listener support and your support and your donations um, mean so much and are so helpful to us. And not only through money, but also you can go onto the Facebook page and go onto the Twitter page. You can post about the show. You can let your friends know. Let your friends in other countries know who maybe don't speak the same language as you um you can go on to itunes and you can leave a comment leave a review leave a great review leave a five-star review and and subscribe to the show and tell your friends
1: absolutely great okay well uh that about wraps it up for today i uh, really enjoyed doing this nick and i look forward to sitting down again uh thank you very much for listening dear listener and uh catch you next time
0: Yes, we will catch you next time. And remember.
1: It's awesome. Unfiltered as usual. Unbiased as always. Unbiased as always. This, this is Critical.
0: Is awesome. yeah! <laughs> it's still the best.
1: Subscribe to Critical on iTunes. So critical. Brought to you by David O'Reilly and
0: Nick Thorburn.
1: Thorburn.